All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Welcome to episode 194 of the DFO Rundown as uh, we get into, what, uh, two weeks from the NHL trade deadline and uh, the rumor mill is heating up. Uh, Frank, how are you doing? I'm good, Jason. Got to let you know that episode 194 of the DFO Rundown is presented by our friends at Athletic Brewing. Just because dry January is in the rearview mirror doesn't mean you can't keep the good times rolling. Join me and enjoy Athletic Brewing's award-winning lineup of craft non-alcoholic beers. Trust me, these brews don't lack anything, and more importantly, they don't come with a hangover. Use promo code FRANK20 for 20% off your first purchase at athleticbrewing.ca until February 28th. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all face-offs, fit for all times. Well, uh, it's fitting that there is... A, now, we're doing this on Thursday, a day earlier today. Uh, you, you're heading down to Carolina. What are you going there for? There is a stadium series game, an outdoor game, if you believe that. After all these years... Carolina gets its first outdoor game, and uh, I'm excited to be there. I'm excited to see it. You know what? That's sad. I've totally – they're playing Washington, correct? Correct. Yeah, well, that's what I remember of that. Yeah, you know what? And I've always said I don't mind these for the any outdoor game for the, for the local market. I think it's great, but – um, yeah, this, you know, there's so much else going on trade deadline and you just had the Super Bowl. you know, whether you're a golf fan, what I, do you I, have I, event fatigue, what's going on? 
Yeah. Well, it just seems like it's not uh, it's not at the uh, the top of the list of things to to do right now. But unless I would go you're, unless you're in Raleigh, because guess yeah, what? Oh. You, can't get, you can't get a ticket. No, no. I would guess it was going to be Pat. Hey, can the cane? What are they? Uh, cane addicts or what? Caniacs. Caniacs. The Caniacs. Yeah. I could see. Hey, they're a good fan base. Like I said, I think it'll be great for the local market. I'll, whoever hosts it, that that fan base gets jazzed right up. I don't have a problem with it. I just completely forgot that that was just for some reason. I thought it already happened, but obviously it wasn't paid attention. There's supposed to be pretty good weather too. Uh, pretty good hockey weather. I think puck drop will be somewhere around 40 degrees Fahrenheit. So plus oh. two or three, whatever that is four. I can't do yeah. math today. And uh, that, that'll be perfect. Sunny and chilly and it's an, it's a, primetime night game so it's supposed to be clear no issues so it'll be good yeah that's great um hey let's get right to it there's uh there's lots of uh rumors and uh and rumors. speaking of carolina frank i expect the uh, the canes um you know you had team of Meyer. it's funny I was, I was talking about it on tuesday on my show i read your article uh during the show and i'm like oh we're on the same wavelength because team of Meyer to carolina makes way too much sense um also i know new jersey they're in the same division do you see, and, and Ryan O'Reilly is another player. I've heard that there's 10 teams that have reached out to the Blues about him. Carolina, I would think, would be one. Who do you think, from a roster construction, which would be more important to them, O'Reilly or Meyer? That's a really good question because I, I, the article you're referencing is the trade deadline matchmaker that I played on Valentine's Day. And while it was really fun being the NHL's uh, doctor of love, I would say that I had a really difficult time trying to decide between center or wing for the, for the Canes. I think realistically, like on paper, when you take the nameplates off the players, the, the positional need is center because I think that team is one, two C away from, uh, from really, vaulting themselves into that upper echelon of Stanley cup contenders. I think they're really close already. And I think that might put them over the top. If you could go something like, um, you know, you've got your star center and then you've got Rhino Riley and Jordan stall as your three C like that, that smells like a winner to me. Um, however, I think they're infatuated with the idea of Meyer Clearly they needed some help on the wing because they got Pacioretty in the summer. So Meyer just brings a different element too, a, a, a heft, a beast like element that they don't have in their top six. He's a tough guy to get off the puck. And he's also, the only thing I worry about is, is Meyer is a volume shooter and Andre Svechnikov is a volume shooter. And too, is too much of that in your top six problematic. Yeah, one on each line, maybe. That's what you do, right? You split the two up, and then you're like, hey, we're going to get the puck in there a lot. It'll be interesting to watch. Now, I know you, the your most recent trade bait board, Frank, um, the name that surprised me, well, maybe not surprised me, but I see him tumbling down the board is Jonathan Taves. Uh, uh, I'm guessing that's illness-related, and teams are now concerned this is a guy who missed a year? Yeah, 100%. Look, I, I, I don't want to say it's going to be a long shot to trade Jonathan Taves at this point, but that's what it's starting to feel like. He's missed so much time, six games now with this illness dating back to before 
the all-star break. That's his last game is January 28th. It's, it's February 16th today. He's not joining the team on this road trip to finish off the trip against Ottawa, which has been a miserable trip for the Blackhawks. Patrick Kane has oh. not looked good and we'll get to him in a second, but with Taves, given the fact that he did miss that entire 2021 season with the long COVID related illness, teams are concerned. I think they were already mildly concerned or had raised an eyebrow about his conditioning potentially, but um, geez, you know, there's a team that has told me that they believe Jonathan Taves weighs 240 pounds right now. That's pre illness. Um, that, that I think raises some real eyebrows. His play has already, you know, deteriorated a bit. If he's not 100% or won't be, then that makes, I think, an already, you know, difficult situation, maybe a little bit more hard to trade. Yeah. Something to watch for, for sure. Um, Patrick Kane, uh, while we're in Chicago quickly, uh, anything new on the Kane front? And do you, uh, he obviously has a say in where he's going to go. Do you get a he has sense? 100% say. Yeah. Do you not do you, say? Do you get he, uh, um, well, I'll say 100% still say. Do you, uh, do you sense that he has considered certain places and he's ruled out other places? I don't think he's necessarily ruled out any places yet, but I think he's still doing the due diligence process as we sit here today on February 16th, just before 10 a.m. Eastern on trying to figure out where is a fit. I think a a few places have intrigued him. I think he, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that, you know, two, maybe three teams will end up on his list. And I I think one of them, a real possibility is the Edmonton Oilers. Um, I think he's intrigued about the idea of the Toronto Maple Leafs, although I think they would have less interest in him. And I think if someone like Kane puts you on your list, you probably have to at least consider it if he puts up the bat signal. And then I think there's some other ones like what happens with, the Dallas stars or what happens with, I don't know. What about, what if the, he, he says the Colorado avalanche, like go, go name a number of teams. Um, you'd have to at least think about it. If Patrick Kane puts you on his list. Yeah. An interesting name on your trade bait board now. And it makes sense after you initially say, okay, why is the team who's in the position that they're in going to trade someone Well, they, they acquired Magna and uh, Carson Susie on your board, Frank, is that simply because Seattle wants to get something rather than lose him for nothing as a UFA? Um, well, th- I don't think they're concerned about losing him. What I think is, is happening here is the Kraken have a real sense of who they are and perhaps more importantly, who they aren't. And I think it's a really healthy process that is unfolding with Ron Francis and the Kraken. They're on pace for a hundred points. And they're, depending on where you look, I use moneypuck.com. You can go anywhere you want. Hockeyviz.com is a great one too. But they've got, according to those sites, somewhere between a 90 and 93% chance to make the playoffs. Yeah. If they were to take Carson Soucy out of their lineup, their, their chance to make the playoffs probably doesn't decrease all that much. Yeah, And if you're able to get a first round pick in return, which is what they'd be looking for and which is what I I think they'd be able to get, then you probably do that any day, right? 
so that's where they're at. They're like, is even if we get in, it's not going to change our playoff odds once we're in there anyway to win a round. We're probably he's playing 16, almost 17 minutes a night, somewhere between second and third pair minutes. Prying that piece off your roster isn't going to change you all that much. And if you can get a first round pick in a historically, according to the draft experts, deep draft, well then you do it. And that's where they're at. They're happy to keep him. And I, I think they'll they'll pursue that part of the conversation after the fact. I, I don't have a strong sense that they're re-signing him, but that's that's where things stand at the moment. The Vancouver Canucks are in an interesting situation. Um, can they can they retool? I, I don't I don't think they can go full rebuild when you got Elias Pedersen and Quinn Hughes. I just it doesn't. I, I don't see that Thatcher Demko. You, you'd have to get rid of a lot of those guys to go quote full rebuild. So Brock Besser has been a name that we've heard in, in Vancouver that is maybe looking for a, for a change of address. Do you think it comes before March third? I do. Uh, I think they're pretty aggressive in in their pursuit of trying to move him. And I'm told we've all been wondering this, but I'm told over the last number of days that they have shown a willingness to retain salary on Besser. I don't think it's going to be a lot, maybe a million bucks, maybe a million and a half, whatever the number ends up being. I think they're intrigued about the possibility because they have to once and for all, finally create salary cap flexibility. They don't have any, That's been their big buzzword, their phrase since Jim Rutherford took over. And to get through this deadline period again and not create some, um, that I think would be a mistake. It's time for a fresh start for Besser. It's time for a fresh start for the Canucks and their cap. And if it means retaining a million bucks or whatever the number is, then so be it. I think the Canucks are ready to bite the bullet. Now I'll throw two other things at you with regards to the Canucks. Tyler Myers, Tyler Myers. Not Tyler Myers. Uh, I don't think there's that much interest there. And two, I don't think there's a lot of interest on his part to waive his no trade. So that brings us to what the conversations have been like with other teams and the Canucks. And I was told from a general manager this week who has recently spoken to the Canucks, and they said that the tone of the conversation was very cavalier in the sort of sense of, well, who are you interested in? And I, I don't want to say it's super wide ranging in, in the sense that, you know, no one thinks that they're moving Pedersen, obviously, or Hughes. Um, and I, I think Demko actually falls in that category as well. But what teams have taken that to mean and, and why we have another player from the Canucks joining our trade targets board today is Nils Hoaglander. Uh, he's, a, he's a young guy who has gone down to the AHL and played pretty well there's some interest there. And so I think teams have taken their overture of tell us who you're interested in to mean that, although it might be a little bit of a long shot to think that someone like Hoaglander is going to be traded, that they're open and entertaining the idea of something like that. Yeah. And Um, and the other Canucks thing I have to pass along is I think there are a couple teams that have internally discussed the idea of JT Miller and that would be really interesting. He doesn't, he's not making my trade targets board just yet. Cause I don't know how definitive or strong the interest is, but for the Canucks to make that move before his no trade clause kicks in in July, I think that would be a big one. 
Do you think there's any chance in the offseason would Myers be willing then? I get why veteran players don't want to uproot their family during a season. I totally understand it. Maybe. Do you think with one year left and Vancouver may be interested to retain, I don't know, a third of that salary to give themselves some flexibility for a year? Do you think then he would be willing or is he just a no-go on for the next uh, uh, whatever that is, 16 months? I don't think he's a total no-go, um, but he has a humongous signing bonus due this summer. Five million bucks. Um, I don't think anyone wants to pay that out in cash and doesn't matter how the Canucks retain. That's not how it works with regard to signing bonus. So that is part of it. Uh, Once that's paid, maybe there's something that happens. But I also think the threat of... It wasn't really a threat. I would say it was a veiled threat and probably a shot across the bow to Myers and Oliver Ekman Larson, which was essentially, if you're not willing to be flexible with us, be prepared for the possibility of a buyout this summer. The only problem is it's easy to talk tough if you're Vancouver, but Myers has that $5 million payout yeah. in the summer that makes it more or less buyout proof. Um, they, you know, his, his real cap hit next, next season is six. And if they were to buy him out, it would only drop to 5.3. So yeah. not a huge cap savings. And the cash is still mostly going in Myers pocket. Anyway, it's just the million dollar base salary that he would lose uh, a third of that yeah, he'd, t- he'd take the buyout and make more money. That would actually, yeah, he'd go and double dip. So it's not yeah. really a threat to him. And he gets to pick where he plays as opposed to, you know, sort of more or less being at the whim of the Canucks. Now, Oliver Ekman Larson, though, doesn't have a signing bonus for any of the final four years of his deal. His last signing bonus was last summer, I'm pretty sure. So he pretend now that would be a massive buyout. But considering the, the uh, you know, Minnesota, and I want to get to that, Frank, because I've, I've heard so many people talk about, well, how can you convince your owner to uh, to buy or pay out, uh, you know, forty percent of Eric Carlson, for instance, which is four point five million, where he plays somewhere else, but the other team pays him seven? And I'm like, yes, you're right. No team has ever retained for four years, and they've never retained that much. No team had ever bought out two players at the level of the Minnesota Wild. So, we, well, it's a different thing. There's always precedent setting moves at some point. And I, I wonder about the interest level of the Sharks. If they're going full rebuild and you tell your owner, yeah, we're paying 4.5, but we're also not paying 7 mil. I wonder where that's at. I just, I don't, I don't see that as being the, uh, the massive holdup. Is it something different that's never being done? A hundred percent. But Bill Guerin did something that's never been done either. Yeah, I would say to me the hangup is is not necessarily the cap hit or the retained. It's the, it's the acquisition price. Like if the Sharks are thinking that they're going to get three first round picks and then that was at 20% and then you have to ratchet that up to get them to go to 40, it's not happening. Agreed. The Edmonton Oilers are not paying that price or anywhere close to it. No, hey. And they shouldn't because guess what? That's also would be precedent setting in a way that when you look at major term and dollars for players of that age, they generally go for peanuts in acquisition cost because they ha- the team has to take on that player at that number. So yeah. take a look at Brent Burns and what he went for to Carolina 
for them oh. to move off of that deal. And they retained a massive chunk of it. Yes, I know Burns is a little bit older, but, you know, take a look at that five, you know, they retained almost 3 million bucks and, and Burns had some significant signing bonus that was still due. Like what did they get in return for Burns? Like basically nothing. Yeah. Steven Lorenz. And, and, and I think they and would learn Mac from- and the Emmy and a third round pick. Yeah, I think they learned from that to say, hey, you know what? I, 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 I've been doing crunching numbers and everything. I looked, if you're the San Jose Sharks, if Edmonton offered you um, Barry and uh, Paul Yarby or Yamamoto, you pick which one, both $3 million, that gets the cap space even to make the deal work this year for Edmonton. Then you throw in a guy like Evan Bouchard in a first-round pick. It's that's significant, I think, for San Jose to take young guys. They could also then move Tyson Berry, whether it's at this year's deadline or in the summer or next season, and get another asset from that. Where to me, uh, you know, now that's a people would say that's a big risk for Edmonton. I was going to say, uh, how much better do you think that would make the Oilers? Oh, I think it. I think it makes them a lot better at five on five. Okay, the power play is already good. They don't need to improve their. So, five. is like, there a risk of? And I, I talked about this yesterday on Oilers Nation every day with Tyler. Is there a risk of uh, your power play going in the other direction with a new piece at the top? I don't think so. Um, they switch Barry and Bouchard, you know, intermittently uh, on their power play. You know, some games Bouchard gets first time. Sometimes it's Barry. Um, Huge is the secret sauce there. Well, it's really it's well, it's McDavid and Drysdale, but Nugent Hopkins is very. He's the third most important player. Their three most important guys in their power play aren't changing. So you bring in Eric Carlson, and Eric Carlson, like if you look at his point totals, he's like, well, all that happens here is I'll get a few probably second assists more than I would on this power play than I would in San Jose, but they want Carlson for his five on five play. And, you know, what he's doing five on five, because it's not just scoring points. You can look at his expected goals. You can look at his goals for shots. He's, four, he's on track for nearly 30 goals. Yeah. Like he's going to be close to touching it. And he's got an assist per game already. Yeah. So, but he, I think to your point, what intrigues Edmonton is the idea of being able to make that pass. And especially some of those crazy long outlet passes that he makes. Yes. That would be intriguing. I, I get it. I, I just think there is real risk in seven to seven and a half million. Like it, it, you're, you're right. You have to trade pieces off your roster to make it work. You mapped out a framework that could work, but that's a v- big drop off from what San Jose was originally trying to get. And it well, was mostly futures. Cause I always thought that was a bit unrealistic that they thought 20% free first. I'm like, no one's doing that. So they got to be Teams realistic. were like literally laughing. Yeah, exactly. So it'll be interesting. To see. And I, the other thing is, Frank, I'm not sure. Like, have you heard any other teams interested in Carlson? I was just going to say that. I'm glad you said it. Cause I haven't heard one. Yeah. I think so. Ottawa had kicked tires was never really serious. And I don't think, you think Carlson have, would go back there. I think he would. His, his okay. wife is from there. She's, okay. she's still, they still have a place there. Uh, it would be easy to, to do. Um, but I think they do. They have a red light right now with their ownership situation yes. still unfolding. I don't think they can do anything. I don't think they could do something as simple as re-signing some of the players that they have. Hmm. Um, quickly, a few other names on the, on the board. Um, Sam Lafferty, I saw take a jump. Uh, you know, those depth type of players, Frank, uh, as you get closer to the deadline, historically, I, I think the interest level for those players actually goes up rather than necessarily the big names because some teams like, well, yeah, we like the, the fantasy of the big name, but the reality sometimes is too much. So a guy like Sam Lafferty, all of a sudden, you know, well, Taves is going down, Lafferty's going up. 
Yeah, and the interest for Sam Lafferty, I think, has been really strong from the teams that I've talked to. Um, here's what's interesting is teams say that the asking price from Chicago is a second-round pick. Uh, will someone step up to pay it? My bet is that someone between now and March 3rd will because there's been enough teams that have been in the mix that someone will do that. And he's got the extra year, right? So that's what makes it a lot easier to swallow is you look at the different parts of the game that he touches, penalty kill, the elite speed that he has, that I think someone, and maybe they put together a package and say, we'll take Sam Lafferty and Jake McCabe, and we'll do that. Yeah. Well, Jake McCabe's an interesting one to me on um, on where he's going to go and um, – yeah, it sounds like he doesn't want to play in Canada, and that, you know, no, that's it, fine. The, the Leafs are actually they're an acceptable team. It's a seven-team no trade. It's six Canadian teams, and not the Leafs. I don't mm-hmm. know who the seventh team is. Pick a pick a pick another city in the U.S. that people don't want to go to. No, or bad team, right? <laughs> I would think sometimes that's my, that's a, li- a lot of it. A um, few other uh, news and notes here there because there's so much um, um, going on. It You have a few new names uh, on the board. You mentioned uh, Hoaglander. I didn't get to see him last night, but I saw him last week, Frank, and I was happy to see he was on your board because we've been talking about him. Wallman in Detroit is an ideal for teams who are looking for an acquisition. He's He's been very good. He's played almost 19 minutes. The last two months, he's played with Cider in their top pair, and you don't really hear about him, which to me is a good thing. He's playing tougher minutes, and uh, he's only got a cap hit of $1.05 million, basically a million bucks. So, you know what, even if Detroit wanted to retain a small amount, you, you ship off it, you know, any player to make the cap work if you're an LTIR team. I could see Jake Wallman having lots of interest. Frank, I like he's probably, a, you know, a regular third-pair guy, but I think he could even play in a second pair on some teams. I, teams are intrigued. There's no doubt. Um, here's the thing: is the Red Wings are are interested in re-signing him. They have oh, yes. obviously haven't pulled the trigger yet. I think they've been a little sidetracked with yeah working on Dylan Larkin, which is fair. Um, but Wallman, you're right. Day to day with that injury prevented him from playing against Edmonton, but uh, is expected to be back very soon. Uh, certainly has generated some interest uh, from the teams that I've talked to uh, in terms of trying to grab him. So Wallman is one of the new guys, six new guys on the trade targets board. We talked about Susie. We talked about Hoaglander, Wallman, Jonathan Drouin from the Montreal Canadiens, who's actually playing his best hockey in the last couple years. Right now, he's got 12 points in his last 12 games, and yet there's been very little interest on that front. Uh, Cal Foot is new from the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm told that they have uh, begun to peruse some options for him, uh, trying to potentially find him a new home and some assets that they can then use to flip. Vitaly Kravtsov, we know, has put in the trade request with the Rangers, and those are the six guys. All right, uh, let's bring in Tyler Yaremchuk for Buy or Sell. Ty, how you doing? I am doing good. Excited for another edition of Buy or Sell brought to you by our friends at Montana's. Their fantastic lineup of daily deals is still going strong. And also this week on our daily face-off Instagram and Twitter, you can find out how you can win a $100 gift card. So let's jump right into things today, starting with the New York Rangers, who are just red hot right now. They can't be beaten since adding Vladimir Tarasenko. And I'm going to say Chris Drury gets a little bit of an itchy trigger finger, and he wants to make another move. Buy or sell on the Rangers making another significant ad, Frank. 
Um, I will buy on them making another ad, but I don't know how significant it'll be. How about that? Okay, it's like a bottom six winger kind of thing. Um, yeah, or or maybe depending on what they think of Mikola, just someone that could play with Braden Schneider, I think would help. Um, but yeah, look, you don't have to look very far to see how aggressive Chris Curry has been. Last year, he made four trades. They were all rentals. They all ended up walking, yeah. and they traded everything from a first round pick to you know a third for Justin Braun, who is like quite literally just a guy. Yeah. So. They, they're aggressive, and I think their owner wants them to be aggressive. So that, I think, will ultimately drive the bus. And so I will say yes and buy that the Rangers are not done. Yeah, I'm buying all the way. I think the Rangers – I don't know if – like I know Patrick Kane, although it's funny, if they wanted to make it a Patrick Kane addition, they still actually have the, – the, because his cap space and everything, if they wanted to get a third team, they could actually do it. But Would I you do it think- with the hip? Not well. I wouldn't do it because I already got Tarasenko, and I don't think they need that now. I think they need a, they need a different player than Kane, right? Which sounds crazy because Kane. Like I'm a huge fan of Kane, and um, Edmonton was interested. Uh, I would do it for Kane, and I know the hip. I think I think he'll be fine for this season. Now you might need some off season surgery to to clean it up, shall we say? So that there's always a risk there, and then you got to resign him. But I would do it. I, I think Patrick Kane right now is there's a lot of emotions and, you know, mental stuff going on with him in Chicago. Obviously the team's going even worse. As you mentioned, Frank, he's a little bit banged up, but there's also maybe the reality of, you know, my time here is, is coming to an end, whether I like it or not. And that's, that's a tough one for some guys. So it's funny. I, I ran into Duncan Keith in the press box last night and had a lot of chat. He's in Edmonton. He's coaching his son's U uh, 11 team. He's having a riot doing it. And we just asked and he said, you know what? He's talked to Kane. Now he didn't say where he'd go, of course, even though I asked him, but um, did mention a hard part for some guys is when you're a veteran to get dealt at the deadline, you know, living in a hotel for two months, isn't that intriguing for some guys, right? Lots of guys who get dealt, they don't go to the new city and, and get a homes. I guess, because I asked him, I said, well, why don't you just rent a house for three months? He goes, well, I guess you could, but a lot of guys don't. And so, you know, if, if it's there basically for March, April, you're going a long run, May, some guys just don't love the the, the hotel life. And, I, and, you know, it's an interesting point of view. I'm going to add in this little nugget since you mentioned it. I believe Duncan Keith's house would be made available to Patrick Kane if that were to happen. <laughs> there you go. Hmm. Interesting. Would it also be made available to Jonathan Taves? Maybe they can be roomies for a little bit. I don't know why it's not available when I come to town. Yeah. Uh, that's what I want to know. Uh, staying in the Western Conference for this second question. By the way, yeah. hold on a second. Oh, oh, it is interesting that uh, the owner of the Oilers also owns that giant condo building that's connected to the J-Dub. Like there, I'm sure there's a couple vacant units that you could move yeah, into no, uh, near would, the top of the building so, if you right? wanted to, because there's yeah. other Oiler employees and and guys on the team that live there. Yeah, although some guys might still view it as a hotel, it's the JW Marriott. But you're right, there's a hotel factor, and then there is a condo. Which anybody who's ever lived in a condo, it is very different. You have like your room separated. You're not like I lived in a condo for six days in Ari- I mean, in a hotel room in six days in Arizona, I was ready to shoot myself. Like. <laughs> No, thanks. Some people just weren't cut out for life on the road. Yeah. Well, dude, I don't mind one or two days, but when you're eating all your meals in there, you're trying to eat something healthy. I hate it. Fair. All right. We're staying. Look at me. This is why I'm unhealthy. (laughs) (laughs) Staying in the West for this next one. Frank, I see Matthias Ekholm is still on your trade targets board. Yesterday, we were talking a little bit about the Nashville Predators and what else they could do and kind of David Poyle's mindset. 
I'm going to say the Predators move something to get a first-round pick back ahead of the deadline. Jason, you buying or selling? Well, you know, Poyle was pretty honest, as he always has been in his career, and, and basically said, like, you know what, I don't think we're going to be buyers, and it depends on how things go. We're probably going to be sellers. And it makes sense. Um, you know, Ekholm's a tough one. Um, you know, you, you look at the at the contract and um, – like if he was an art, if he was a UFA guys, it's, it's a no brainer. Uh, I think that the, the significant interest would, would be heightened. Right. But when you're a guy who's got uh, what he's got three years left at 6.25 and he's got a lot of miles on those legs, uh, I could see, you know, that that's a concern. So I was looking at their, um, you know, at their roster and they don't really have, they don't have any UFAs. Right. So anybody that they move has, uh, has term, right. That's the challenge in, in Nashville with so many teams in LTIR. So that, you know, maybe they're willing to retain more than I think, but I think it makes it tough for Nashville to make anything significant. So I'm going to buy that they move something, but sell that they get a first round pick in return. To Jason's point, I think that home contract is not easy. And if you are going to sell that, you're not definitely not getting a first round pick. Uh, they're not at the point where they would need to pay to have someone take him. But I think what you want to do is at least try and move him before you get to that point, which may be why the emphasis would be on to do it sooner rather than later. Uh, the couple other interesting pieces that they have are um, Mikhail Granlin, five million bucks a year. Nino Nina Ryder, just south of that in the fours, and then Tanner Janot, who we actually had on the rundown last season, magical twenty-four goal year, has struggled to score this year. Has five. He's going to have an interesting RFA case, and maybe the Preds just aren't ready to pay it. So those are the three other pieces outside of Eckholm that I could see them selling. And I don't know. I don't know. Like, does Granlin get you a first? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Maybe, but I, I would say sell. All right. Uh, coming up next day and in the West as well for this one, the Pacific Division, five teams still kind of, you know, in the hunt for a playoff spot with Calgary sitting uh, fifth with 61 points. I'm going to say all five of those teams make some sort of addition ahead of the deadline. You buying or selling, Frank? An arms race in the Pacific. I'll buy. Edmonton is a guarantee. Seattle and Calgary are the two that I was like, ooh, will they? Vegas is a guarantee. L.A.? L.A. is a near guarantee. Calgary, I'm not sure, but my guess is they probably do something even if it's small. And then Seattle, we talked about the idea of selling. Maybe they sell and buy, which is a weird place to be, but I would say they probably do something. So I will buy your premise. Yeah, I'm buying. Um, you know, Calgary's in a battle right now with with Minnesota and, and still the injury-prone uh, Colorado Avalanche, who I still think are, are, are going to figure it out. But, um, I, you know, Calgary and Minnesota could be battling for, for that number eight uh, or second wall card spot, however you want to look at it. And I, after all the moves they made in the summer, I'd be surprised if they just stood pat. Like that, yeah. um, Brad Treleman's contract. I think is done at the end of the season. Like they got to make the playoffs. I think if it, yeah, so, but I, 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 I'll just quibble with your theory of them going all in. Or, they're not going to go all in, but I yeah, think but, sometimes even a small addition is is something. I'm not saying that's why I said I think they do swing. something. I just don't think it's going to be big. Yeah, I just I don't think Brad Treleman in the final year of his deal when they're right there would do nothing at the deadline. That would shock me. 
All right, our Points Bet Canada bonus question for the week. It is the year of Connor McDavid. By the time we record our next episode on Monday, he is going to have another 100-point season. Jason, how many in a row is that for McDavid? Well, it'll actually only be three because of COVID, yeah. right? Um, he he's This will be his eighth season. It'll be his sixth year with 100 points. And one year he had 97 in 64 games, right? That, that's when the season ended. Edmonton had 11 games. Obviously, he was going to score three points in 11 games. Um, he is now one of only 16 players to, to well, will be to have six 100-point seasons. Obviously, the youngest guy other than Gretzky to have six. And then you look at, you know, Lemieux and Gretzky are the only guys in double digits of 100-point seasons. McDavid's got six already. He'll join the group of only five players who have seven next year, which includes Gretzky, Lemieux, uh, Marcel Dion, Mike Bossy, and Peter Stashney, who's always overlooked as one of the greatest offensive players games ever had. I think McDavid will pass Lemieux, no doubt. And I actually think he has a legit shot when you consider how long elite players are elite for to pass Gretzky for most 100-point seasons, which I don't think anybody thought was possible. A Gretzky record that could be broken. Pretty wild. Uh, Teeing up Jason Greger for a stats line is like throwing an underhand lob to Barry Bonds. You know he's going to crush it out of the park. He's just denting his table anytime you do it. Uh, where I'm going with this is our friends at Points Bet Canada have basically pulled the odds on anything involving McDavid. You cannot bet on the Rocket. You cannot bet on the Art Ross. And if you wanted to win $100 on Connor McDavid winning the Hart Trophy, you'd have to wager $1,000 for it. That's how crazy the odds are right now. So I'm just going to, it's an easy one. I know we've done this earlier in the season, but give me your final stat line prediction for Connor McDavid. Like I said, right now he is at 42 goals and 57 assists got third or sorry 27 more games to go Ooh, good. 65 goals 90 assists 155 points he's on pace for 148 or 149 right now mm-hmm. yes. i think he does slightly better down the stretch i think he, well march has historically been his best month um McDavid, make no mistake, he'll know when he, that he's closing in on 150. Heck, even getting to 140, he'll be the only only the 10th player to ever have 140 points. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say he finishes with uh, 152 points, and but I'm going to go. I'm going to say 59. I'm going to stick with my uh, goal prediction. I'm going to say you don't 50. think he hit 60? No. Wow. Which means he probably will now. I just want to be I, different. I yeah, I appreciate your want to be different. I I would say um, I would like I would be absolutely floored if he doesn't hit sixty goals. Yeah, he'll do it. Like floored. All right, that is a wrap on this week's edition of Buy or Sell. Shout out to Points Bet Canada and Montana, so you can check them out online at montanas.ca. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, uh, yeah. Hey, there. Uh, he's in. A, he's in a slump. He's only got one goal in five games. I'm saying that. I'm being facetious, of course, people. So he. Uh, It'll be interesting. Now, speaking of the orders, Frank, um, uh, order fans will, you know, the yes, a pull your RV waiver saw if they uh, Yamamoto is ready to be activated from LTR. So they have to send someone down who makes over 1.9 uh, million cap or who can give you a savings of 1.95, I should say. And, you know, that's yes, a pull your RV. It's Warren Fogle. And they're obviously not sending any of their defensemen down. So it would seem most likely to be pull your RV, but I keep hearing whispers that they're contemplating on Fogel, that which kind of surprises me. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what they're debating is if I think if they're trading Pulyar, if they're ha- have to put Pulyarvi out there, then I think their preference is to do it on trade rather than waivers. Do you think it get claimed? Have... I think there's a couple teams that would think about it. Yes, just from a pure rehabilitation standpoint yeah i think florida would consider it if they had the cap space i think arizona would consider it because they just did this with um yuso valamaki the defenseman from calgary claimed him off waivers gave him a fresh start liked him and then re-signed him to another contract for one more year yeah they're gonna have a nice little flippable asset a year from now at the deadline if they want to Maybe they well, do the same with Poliarvi. And then I would say there's maybe one other team. Like, again, it all depends on cap space. But, like, does someone like Carolina want to go grab him and see if he can go put some pucks in the net? Yeah. Possibly. I'll say this about Poliarvi. I, I don't have any doubt that a change of address is going to help him. Um, there are some other things. Him and his girlfriend broke up a few months ago. Um, 
And I always, for some guys, that's more impactful to just, you know, you're not feeling good about anything really. Um, it would, it would be fascinating to me to see. I think Yessel Pogliarvi can score. And I think if Yessel Pogliarvi hired a skills coach, Frank, in the summertime, he could easily score 20 goals. I don't- I, I, look, I'm not here to shit on any player. Obviously, he's a talented guy. His lack of brain cells are what going to keep are what's going to keep him from becoming a successful NHL player. Well, he least, I would agree. He doesn't have the hockey IQ to be able to think his way through it, and you can't just go ahead and ram yourself against the boards on the forecheck every time and think that that's going to keep you in this league. Yeah, no, I would agree. That's why. Hey, I think it's. I'm. I'm stunned to this point. I, I would I would debate strongly that he has not got the best advice from his agent over the years, or maybe he's too stubborn, hasn't listened. One of the two, but I just I, I don't know if the agent has done the best job of helping him. So I'll just uh, I'll just say that I think that's a little bit of a what is it the agent or is it the player? Like you, yeah, can leave well that's what I don't know. Maybe it's you both. can't make him drink. I, I would say he's got a lot to work on. There's something there deep down, but. You, you need hockey IQ and sense to be able to think. And I, I just, I don't, I don't know that he has it. I really don't. And I, yeah. you can't buy it. You can't go get it. You can't be coached it. You either have it or you don't. And I don't think he does. So we'll see. That's right, where I would make my bet. We, uh, enjoyable, uh, rare Thursday edition of the pod. Have yourself a good weekend. Uh, we will chat on Monday. Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Saravali and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more. All right, hockey fans, listen up, because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? 
but there's more. You gotta decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount, and that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's gonna find the back of the net first, and you're gonna wanna be careful, because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you gotta predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.